better this week yeah yeah why is that um our plots are on the ground some insects are starting to show up ones that we care about so it makes me a little happier does that make me a bad person mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not a bad person for that <laughs> everybody should oh i see what you're saying i'm happy because a few of the the pests that yeah. i'm interested in are starting to become more active yeah does that make me a horrible person uh, what did you tell me one time? You have to have a problem to solve a problem? That's right. I think that's going to be our lab t-shirt this year, if we can make like it happen. That. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Right up there with 99 problems. <laughs> yeah, that one is a little harder to get through the approval process, but yeah, we'll we're see. Not, we're not putting that on a t-shirt. <laughs> so, um, hey, uh, it's been hot and I mean, like remarkably hot, yeah, miserably persistently. Hot. But we just got, as of this morning, uh, at least in Ames and parts of Story County, some rain, much needed rain. Yeah, the lawns um, are really starting to suffer. Yeah, yeah, and ground is hard and cracked, mm-hmm. and, um, and and there's uh, anticipated more rain maybe this weekend. So, and some cooler temperatures to come. So that's good. That's that's why I'm happy. Well, and it seems like it was really hot, but then we didn't really get a lot of relief at night. Did you notice? Yeah. I mean, I, I woke oh up God. and it was still 80 degrees, oh so it God. didn't dip. So yeah. that was the part that yeah. you never got a break. Yeah. The plants didn't get a break. It was freaking me out because my air conditioning is running mm-hmm. at like midnight. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that. Yeah. That's not right. That ain't right. Um, to, but today, outside of weather... <laughs> Weathering temperature. Uh, mm-hmm. We're going to talk about uh, a couple of things. We're going to talk about some of those pests that are making, or yeah, the pests some that are making happy. Some of my favorite things. <laughs> I wish the microphone could capture the look <laughs> on your face. Yeah. And then um, I'm going to introduce uh, something new to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Keep it a surprise. Okay. Hopefully, you'll be delighted by this surprise. I hope so. Mm-hmm. So. Let's start with the reason why you're happy. Well, I think we mentioned last week, we're on kind of a nice schedule of, of weekly podcasts now. So last week we mentioned field agronomist Brian Lang found some aphids in some commercial fields that he was scouting, and that was pretty typical. Mm-hmm. But since then, we have gotten reports from our lab because really they're the ones who are out there, you know, all day, every day looking for aphids. And they've been easily finding aphids at the Northeast Farm near Nashua. And then maybe even more surprising is your postdoc, Matt Kaiser, found aphids here at the Johnson Farm. No way. Really? When was that? That was like yesterday. Yeah, he sent a message yesterday. He sent me an email oh. yesterday, and he said, Aaron, I just want to let you know we found some aphids at Johnson, which is the farm that's just south of Ames, for those of you that don't know. Yeah. And he said it was pretty easy to find aphids. And he said about 10% of the plants had something, you Ooh. know, you know, an, an aphid or a small colony. And so he said, you know, according to his experience, which is last year, <laughs> was his first year, he said it's about three weeks earlier than they showed up last year. And last year he was going to... Um, I think some 20 farms, like commercial farms. So he's got some um, 
some data to draw from, some yeah. experiences to draw from that's beyond just small plot research. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Because I normally, I mean, we have research at Johnson every year. Normally the aphids don't show up there till maybe right around bloom, which is in a couple of weeks. So that's, yeah. But this is pretty early. And this is happening while we're experiencing prolonged heat that you, I, I think we, I would have thought would have put the zap on the aphid mm-hmm. and kept their at least their growth down, their population yeah. growth down, doesn't seem to be happening. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, and, and it's not just soybean aphid. I have some ornamentals in my backyard that are totally encrusted with aphids to the point where the cast skins, the honeydew, yeah. you know, they've been there for a while. And then, remember, we, we talked about it last year, that walkway uh, by the Lago Courtyard. Yeah, where the trees. It was sticky when yeah. I was walking uh, to a meeting on Monday. I'm sure it's washed yeah. off by now, but, yeah. you know, I don't know yeah. if it was aphids or maybe scales or something yeah. like that that's dropping honeydew. I, I, I took pictures of that last oh. week. And okay. I could see, I, I felt the dripping. Oh, And I took pictures. That's I wonder the if worst. I could share them with you. Maybe we I can, can post, post a picture, sure. Yeah, um, I, I was trying to take close-ups. You could see this, like, this dripping... Uh, liquid off of the leaves and trees Ew. yeah awesome. and, and, oh yeah it's disgusting. great oh. anyway so that's our life yeah so yeah I, th- for those of our i'm showing oh, here yeah. a picture that's of great the, it's the, they're super shiny plants yeah and then this up close see the little droplets on yes. that stem yes Ew. Yeah. anyway yeah well I'm, I'm excited because we have a lot of people a lot of projects that are focused on aphids and at least they'll have something to count this year some years it's pretty bare but it sounds like this year at least we'll have something for them to do i'm very excited <laughs> <laughs> at the least the students will have something to do yeah and all of their undergrad help mm. mm-hmm. they're gonna love that so we'll keep you keep you updated as we hear more i know we've we've heard a few things from southern minnesota but that's really all that I've heard of mm-hmm. as far as soybean aphid. Um, nowhere else in the north central region have I heard them kind of popping up. But so it's still nothing to—it's nothing to take action on. But be aware. Um, probably going to need to be more vigilant scouting this year than maybe in years past. Yeah, is that I, fair to say? Yeah, I mean one of one of Brian's fields that he has monitored now for a couple of weeks is up to fifty percent. Infest, invested so about half the plants have a aphid on them which to me is when i start to get very interested or my spidey sense starts to flare is when most plants have aphids because then they can if the temperatures are conducive and everything else then that's when they can have the exponential growth and you know you come back two weeks later and you've already exceeded the economic entry level and we don't want that to happen so yes uh this is especially in northern counties of iowa <laughs> Excuse me, I'm so excited. I'm sneezing. Yeah, northern counties, I would say take a look and see what you got. Oh, the thought of having aphids all around me. It's making you sneezy. Mm. Mm. Okay, so topic one, done, in the books. Number two, um, you know, I I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yes, I do too. When I'm exercising, when I'm biking Mm -hmm. to and from work, um, when I'm... Even when I'm mowing the lawn, yep, by crane. So does my husband. Yeah, and uh, I've noticed something about a lot of podcasts. They have like these special features. You know what we need? What do we need? We need a special feature. You know that you do every time. Yeah. So Mike Pesca at the Gist uh, podcast, uh, he's got uh, the spiel, mm-hmm. you know, where he just goes off on a topic. And um, Men and Blazers have their uh, 
uh, Ravens. They call them Ravens. They're emails from listeners. We don't have any list. Well, we have a listener. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, mom. Any. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> she never emails, <laughs> so we can't respond to her, her email. Um, and and in my favorite one, Hang Up and Listen, this podcast about sports. Hmm. They, um, yeah, shout out to Hang Up and Listen. Uh, they have one. They call them After Balls. It's like they're like trivia topic of the week that they, okay. they talk about. I think in the spirit of an after ball, um, we, uh, how about a fit? Yeah, fit. Fun insect trivia. Is this where you're going to try and stump me every week and make me sound like an idiot? Um, yes. You love to do that. You love to go guess this. What do you think? And I never know the why, answer. Why be so negative about it? Why not be positive? It's like, this is where you get to learn something. Or what? Can I bring the trivia sometimes? Sure. And I can try sure. and stump you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like, not possible. Hey, but. there's another. Yeah, like the reoccurring bit that the uh, click and clack, the car guys stump the chump. You know. Mm-hmm. Make it, all right. Well, we'll see. Bring it. Bring it. All right. It's it's not going to be possible. Did I tell I you that try. I'm a two-time state champion and scholastic ball? I know. No, and, you've told me that yeah, maybe well, about eighty times. Okay. So. so that hasn't sunk in yet. So um, here's our uh, here's our fit for this week. Fun insect trivia. Um, the bee crew has been doing um, this project where they're looking for bees foraging in prairie plants, um, and they want to collect them as they forage on the, the flower. And it's it's time consuming. It's tricky because although we have honeybees there and the beehives are healthy, uh, they're not finding the bees at the flowers they're looking at. So mm-hmm. we're trying to come up with more efficient ways to do this. Mm-hmm. And I suggested using a malaise trap. Mm-hmm. Fun insect trivia. What? Where does the word? Uh, how did how did malaise trap get its name? From someone who is really tired and melancholy. See, that's this is you see this. I knew you'd love it. I knew this was. Isn't it like an attitude or something? So malaise. If you Google malaise, is spelled M A L A I S E. M A L A I S E. Malaise, right? And it's a noun. And it means general feeling of discomfort, illness, unease, whose exact cause is difficult to identify. Oh, like yeah. a society afflicted by a deep cultural malaise. Yeah, mm. like, so is it just like the new, the old emo? Well, so yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, these children, they're they're struck in with a deep afflicted malaise. Hmm. The um, so I always thought that that was where it came from, like, like a lack of last you, name or something. You you know the the insects suffered and were caught in this malaise trap oh. and malaise traps are like this it's it's basically a big funnel that captures flying insects as they fly and hit these panels and then move up into uh, a jar that they can't get out of um i've seen pictures but i've never actually seen one in action oh really so you have one set up now? yeah okay. yeah so in this, where's it at uh it's out uh at a farmer's field where they've put in prairie strips and we're trying oh. to capture bees That's okay a, uh, Guthrie Farm, Gary Guthrie's Farm. Um, and we're, we were using it to kind of help speed up our bee collecting. Okay. Um, but it got me wondering, it's like, well, you know, there's if it's a malaise trap, you know, they, they're suffering from something, but there's really no suffering other than they get trapped inside that jar. And, I and like, their death is near certain. So I just to confirm, you know, I went to the Googles and uh, did the internets. And what I found on Wikipedia was that Malaise trap is named Malaise not because of the noun, but because of its inventor, 
Renee Malaise. See, that's what my immediate thought would be. It's named after someone, but but there is but but there is someone yeah. named Malaise. And Renee Malaise. So uh, he, God, this is how my mind works. I was like, who's Renee? And um, why did he need to invent a tent-like large trap for collecting insects? So he was born in 1892, uh, lived to 1978. He's a Swedish, Swedish entomologist, explorer, and art collector. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a lot of range, Rene. He's a Renaissance um, man. So in the early 20s, well, pretty much throughout the entire 20s, uh, he explored Kamchatka. Kamchatka. You know Kamchatka as that territory on the risk map that's on the far uh be the far right hand side of asia it's part of russia uh kind of dangles over there by japan so is peninsula. it located near shaka khan <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. i believe she i don't believe shaka khan came from kamchaka okay but um he went there as a, a naturalist explorer collecting insects and stuff on his second trip he brought his fiancee Esther Blenda Nordstrom, and uh, they married uh, in 1925. He left in 24 for his second trip. They married in 25, divorced in 29. She came back, and then a year later, he came back. Uh, this is interesting. About Esther Nordstrom, she was a journalist and worked under the pseudonym The Boy, and at the age of 23, wrote a best-selling book that exposed the harsh working conditions of household servants in Sweden. She was kind of a, this is a quote from an article in The New Yorker, that she was kind of a female Bruce Chatwin, an explorer who um, toured around Sweden by motorcycle, hitchhiked alone across the U.S. In 1922, uh, she wrote a book about uh, all of that, spent five years exploring Kamchatka with uh, Renee, and wrote a series of young adult novels about tomboys. And this is my favorite quote. Uh, apparently, uh, caused everyone she encountered, male and female, to fall in love with her. Aww. Yeah, yeah. So, good job. Good job, Renee. Fell in love, took her out to Kamchatka, and then she left you. But Renee went on to have a pretty remarkable career. Um, he didn't invent that trap when he was out in the far reaches of Russia. He invented it when he went to Rangoon. At the time, it was spelled Y-A-N-G-O-N. Yangon, Rangoon. Uh, and in 1935, he was in this very tropical area. Noticed that insects would fly up the side of his tent. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, maybe I could take advantage of that. So he created what we now know as the malaise trap, in which he counted 100,000 insects, many of these totally unknown to entomology before his endeavors. Mm-hmm. Quote from Wikipedia. Uh, he supervised the entomological department at the Swedish Museum of Natural History from 1953 to 58, which I'm assuming was a lot of his specimens. Yeah. Um, wrote many books on the biogeography, uh, spread of variety of insects, sawflies, hymenoptera, and diptera, uh, which were most of the insects that you collect in malaise traps, hence the reason why we're using it for our bee research. Yeah. He also, late in life, wrote a geology book called Atlantis, a geological reality. And in it, he denied the theory of plate tectonics and claimed that there was this lost continent of Alaska, uh, Atlantis that could explain how species had used these land bridges to distribute themselves around the world. I know you're making a face of like, hmm, Renee, maybe not the best. I think uh, he stepped outside of his expertise with that plate tectonics might have, business. Yeah. Might have, because soon after that, uh, he retired. Um, but not after having just a remarkable life. Uh, mm-hmm. His time uh, 
On one occasion, while he was working in Rangoon, uh, he was trying to avoid being shot by armed opium smugglers. Nice. So he turned his, to, to avoid this, he turned his back on these armed men and then sweeping his insect neck around him, he hoped that the rumors about the presence of a harmless insect collector had reached them. Fortunately, they left him alone. Oh. Yeah, it's a hmm. good one. So, fun insect trivia malaise trap. I have a fit for you, Matt. Oh, bring it. How do you tell the difference between a male and a female Japanese beetle from the outside? You think about that. Why I'm asking you is because based on degree days, I would estimate that Japanese beetles would start their emergence in southern Iowa this week. Oh, okay. So it got me thinking. And there's a way to tell the boys from the girls. Um... I'm uncomfortable guessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's not as bad as you think. So the, so uh, just like just like a lot of animals, insects have a tibia. It's a segment on the leg, that's right before basically the feet, the tarsi. Oh yeah. yeah. And the male Japanese beetles have spikes on the end of the tibia, mm-hmm. and females have like these little spoon-like paddles. Oh, little paddles. Mm-hmm. Oh, the so, ladies have the paddles, and the boys have the. Spikes. Yeah, I think the spikes in some places you look uh, are said to be so that they can hang on to the females while mating Mm. pointy spikes instead of the rounded paddles that's cool that's good to know do the males emerge first with japanese beetles is there i don't know good question yeah i don't i don't know yeah that might be that's kind of i'll have to look that up next time hey and and that's one more thing to think about next week is uh, progress of other critters besides the aphid. Yeah, so Japanese beetles coming out this week, and I'm also estimating peak corn rootworm egg hatch throughout the state. You know so how, for those you, that are counting. You know, how, you know how I know that that's happening? Lightning bugs. <laughs> saw no lightning bugs out. Everybody This knows. week? Yeah, yeah. Actually, saw a little bit last week, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, so any upcoming events? Um, well, we have Pollinator Fest, which we talked about last June time. 24th. I have a few uh, private field days coming up, and then also one at the North Central Research Farm near Kanawa is next week on the 22nd. So if you're northwest Iowa, you want to hear about soybean aphid pyrethroid resistance, I encourage you to come. I can okay. put a link to that. Um, I have an upcoming event. What? You turning on that air conditioning. God, it's hot in here. God. Well, we can't I'm have so, the... I'm literally... I know. Look at that. No, Look at I, that I, moisture. We can't I'm have the air conditioning sweating. on and what talk at the same time. It's oh. it's either or with this podcast. The sun so. has come out. All right. All right. So where to find us? Google soybean entomology. Twitter at Aaron W. Hodgson. All one word. Look for her tweets. You been tweeting, any? Heck yes, I do. Yeah? Yeah. You and All me. the time. All right. Uh, you can email us if you want us to respond. <laughs> email O'Neill, O-N-E-A-L, at isstate.edu and E-W-H at isstate.edu. Come on, Mom, send us an email. Send us and, an email. And uh, subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Pocket Casts. We good? I think we're good. Cue the outro music. We'll see you next week.